anyone who is interested in becoming a Unitarian Universalist or UU minister must go to a career assessment center early on in the long process. There they fill out a pile of personality inventories and psychological tests, the Minnesota multiphasic personality inventory, the Myers-Briggs type indicator, stuff like that. Some of these have an aim one might jokingly refer to as screening out the axe murderers. Others are more focused on aiding self-understanding through, through different ways of categorizing personalities and work habits. When I went to my career assessment, along with several other aspiring UU ministers, the facilitator said, ah, Unitarian Universalists, you folks always make the most interesting sessions because you hate being put into categories. Sure enough, everyone in the room had some complaint about the forms we had filled out. They didn't give enough shades of gray. None of the categories quite fit. The answer we were looking for wasn't quite there. We wished there were other choices. Our religious communities seem to attract and keep those who are boundary challengers by nature. Years later, our team of co-authors of an adult religious education curriculum on bisexuality included exercises that would help people move beyond either or thinking. You can try them in your head right now. One of them asks people to go to one side of the room or the other, depending on whether they like vanilla or chocolate. Or walking alone in nature or being with friends. Reading books, listening to music being Unitarian Universalists, or maybe just being thinking, breathing human beings, they often resist the binary options. Even though the facilitators firmly instruct them to choose one side or the other, almost all participants gripe about this arbitrary division and some disregard the rules, invent a continuum, and put themselves somewhere in between. In fact, one way of viewing the history of Unitarian Universalism is as a process, an unfolding of people deliberately turning the false choices of either ors into the inclusivity of both ands, the offering of other alternatives. Early Unitarians and Universalists were told that if religion tried to incorporate skepticism about the Bible, it would crumble. But people like Channing and Parker and Ballou insisted that reason and skepticism and religion could exist together. They must coexist because they were both crucial parts of who we were. The resistance to women's rights in the 19th century was an attempt to force an either-or choice. Women could either have a moral voice in a public role, or they could have moral authority in the private sphere. And Unitarians and Universalists were among those leading the way in insisting that women could still be women while voting and speaking and lecturing, leading in the public sphere. 
even though that had long been reserved for men. In the next century, critics of religious liberalism, such as our tradition, said that one could not both be atheistic and have moral guidance. In fact, people still say, you can't be good without a belief in God. And the Unitarian Universalists who went before us and are among us replied, of course we can. Let us show you how, how that either or choice is a false one. Well, bisexual people, or pansexual, or omnisexual, I'll talk later about um, some of the different terms and why they might be important to embrace. We have long been faced with the either or of people are either heterosexual or homosexual. There's nothing else. And we've said, no, I see something else. I see another possibility, and here I am to show you that those categories are too simple. They don't work. By Visibility Day is this week. The 23rd of September is the day it's always celebrated each year. And it's a good moment to celebrate all kinds of both andness, which I think are really central to all of us because of the reasons that brought us here to a Unitarian Universalist congregation this morning. And the really important thing about what not only by pan omni people have brought the world, but what Unitarian Universalists have brought and can continue to bring to a world that loves categories. Now, there are limits to both and thinking. Some things are mutually exclusive. But the habit of thinking that seeks to rise above false choices and give a more inclusive answer, give shades of meaning, or, or a category that encompasses both, is one of the gifts that we all have to offer the world. We bisexual people have also learned that the problem is not in ourselves, it's in the categories. They're figments of the mind. They are useful in their way. They're a way of organizing the world. They're a way of organizing our thoughts. But when someone insists you have to be in one category or another, that's when the categories have begun to lead the way. And coming out as somebody who's omnisexual is a proclamation of faith in reality, instead of the divisions that falsely claim authority. And Unitarian Universalism will begin to claim its full authority as a religion when it comes out boldly as a both and faith. We have this habit of mind already, as I said. We're known for it. To Think in each situation when we are given this or that, what category might encompass both of these, synthesize them into a whole? This is a habit of mind that we can keep expanding. Being both and thinkers serves community builders very well. Part of their role, I should say our role, since I'm looking around at a lot of community builders right here, is finding a way for opposites to dwell together in peace. 
to see when two people have apparently clashing desires to say, is there anything that you share that, that can encompass both of these so that everybody's needs are met? When we do that, we are living out our commitment to moving beyond the choices that are so often presented to us as either or. Now, like Theta, most people who are bi have the experience at some point of being told that their bisexuality was a phase, that they were just afraid and needed to admit that they were gay or lesbian, as if someone who describes themselves as bi must only be halfway out of the closet. Now, many people do try on bisexuality as a self-description in the process of sorting out their orientation, which is only natural. But that doesn't mean that bisexuality itself is only an in-between state. Being bi is not a way station. It's an orientation of its own. I think we Unitarian Universalists and our fellow travelers know this. We understand this really well because we run into the same misunderstanding from people who just think that we can't be a real religion. One bitter little joke that's told about UUs is that our religion is a way station between Methodism and the golf course. No, it's not. Some of us live here permanently and we find it a very comfortable and a beautiful home. And we find it a beautiful home even when it's a little uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with some people's passing through our congregations on their way from another religion to none at all or going in the other direction. Spiritual journeys are like that. They keep you on the move and some will bring people through our congregations, but it won't turn out to be a place that they want to stay. But our religion is not defined. It's not confined by the fact that for some, it is a convenient resting place rather than a final destination. I think that when we try to carve out a different kind of religion, we get this form of flack for the same reason that bisexuals do. By our existence, we defy the categories that others hold in their minds. Maybe we need a t-shirt like Theta used to have. You're confused, I'm a UU. This is a, this is a religious tradition that says, you know, you don't actually have to choose between, between reason and mystery. They're both a part of our lives and we are trying to embrace them both. You can be drawn to both Buddhism and Christianity. You can actually hold both those practices in your life. According to some members of other more creedal faiths, we Unitarian Universalists are simply unable or unwilling to make a commitment. Our diverse approach to spiritual sources, which is one of our great strengths, they interpret as wishy-washiness. We don't stand for anything. No, what, what do you all believe? What is your central story? They say we can't commit to one path. And while this is sometimes true, it's, it's one of the perils of all spiritual journeys, it misses the larger truth that drawing upon the full range of human wisdom, the full range of human experience 
is a path. It's the path that we have chosen. It's the path that brought us to Unitarian Universalism or that has kept us here. All of this is very familiar to omnisexual people. We hear it all the time. You can't commit to a single partner. You're afraid to declare yourself as lesbian or gay. You're trying to be trendy. You can't make up your mind. And then at some point you come out. You say, you know what? This isn't about me. The categories are out there. I don't have to fit them. And maybe those who are trying to make me fit them just need to expand their minds. That's the gift of coming out, the gift to others. So I wonder whether we as people of faith, as people on this liberal religious journey, as, our, as a denomination as well, can we come out as what we truly are? a religion that in explicit contradiction to what many religions consider possible holds together things that are supposedly mutually exclusive. It's not easy to be blazing this kind of trail or even to clear a trail that many have walked before that, but that continually becomes overgrown for lack of enough footsteps. It can be hard going. And that's why we need more people walking this path. That's why we look for people like us. So even as we're defying categorization, it may seem ironic that these labels, as Theta said, can be really helpful. Having a label for yourself that lets you know, oh, other people came up with that label. They must be like me. Or uh, this is a way I can describe myself to people, maybe not with all the nuance that is possible, but but in a way that is clearer than any other label that I've been given. And that's, in a nutshell, why we seek out fellow travelers um, on our spiritual journeys. We aren't all the same. One label doesn't describe everything about who we are, but it helps us to find each other and to tell the world what we're about. The thing is that Oftentimes, we've internalized many of the either-or messages that other faiths have given us, maybe, maybe ones we grew up in, maybe just ones that are around. This can be really true, even though for many of us, they are the very messages that made us go look for a rel religious alternative in the first place. We accept too readily the either-or stereotype, for example, that says, this is a choice. One can either be a possessor of university degrees or one can be uninterested in tackling subtle ideas. People who are interested in subtle ideas must have a lot of formal education. And thus we question whether our religion is attractive to people who don't have an advanced formal education. We're buying into categories that they're out there, they're not in people. people blur the boundaries all the time. We accept the falsehood that we must be either an activist church or concerned with tending our spirits. And so we repeat this old, tired drama of spirituality versus social justice. It's always hardest to spot the categories that you're in yourself, that 
you've lived in comfortably for many years until suddenly they're not comfortable anymore. We're kind of like a cat in a box. Cats love to be in boxes. It's kind of comfortable to be in a box that's just the right size for you. It feels cozy. It feels comfortable. But boy, you try to put the lid on that box and you will see that cat leaping out like, don't you put me in there. I get to go where I want to go. And that's how we have to be. Everybody knows, Unitarian Universalists, leading a group of us is like herding cats. So there we go. We inherit a great legacy from generations of people who heard all the no's that are implicit in either or thinking. And we responded with this both and affirming, why not? So it is for us to make the most of that legacy. Now, the tricky thing about being both and, about seeking out the limits of these boxes and saying, you know, there might be a bigger box that encompasses it all and that's where I want to be, it's that it never ends. It's a realm of possibility, as our readings shared with us. That's the great promise of it and it's also the great challenge. You know you're probably stuck in either or thinking of some kind. When something bothers you because it clashes with a way that you categorize the world. When you see how somebody is behaving and you say, well, you can't do this and that. You can't be this and that. As I said, sometimes it's true, but a lot of the time it's just that we've absorbed the idea. We've somehow harden the walls of those boxes in our minds. And when we see somebody who doesn't seem to know about the boxes, who's trying to live in both places, we say that's impossible. Gender non-binary folks do that. Before them, it was transgender folks. In fact, bisexuality has become a rather unsatisfactory term, including for many of us who have used it for ourselves in the past, because it strongly suggests that there are only two sexes only two genders, our both and, what we have said in saying, you know, you don't have to be heterosexual or homosexual, there are other choices, that both and is challenged to go farther still, to see that there were categories still implicit there, categories that are no more reality-based than the ones that we were breaking out of. That's the beyond. And there's always a beyond. And what a gift we receive when our categories are challenged. It's the gift of the possible, that, that sweet sparkling wine that Kierkegaard spoke of. Over our years of living, we've settled into some boxes that we don't even notice. We've made concessions, as Karen Thompson Walker would say. And how much sweeter life will be if we open up to the greater possibilities that we perhaps used to perceive before we learned about all those categories and boxes and settled in. We spiritual seekers, we boundary crossers, we insisters that there's other ways besides the categories that we were given. 
How often do we put aspects of ourselves into boxes? Do we perhaps accept categories that aren't real, that are just ways people have organized the world? We like to say that this is a congregation where you can bring your whole self. You don't have to leave your questions at the door. You don't have to leave your reason at the door. But do we feel that we can bring all of ourselves here? Everything that we treasure about ourselves? Do we even feel that we can bring everything that is precious in us to full life? Or do we think maybe there are some rules that we would be breaking? For example, here in highly intellectual, very smart Silicon Valley, where there are all these smart, smart people, including in our congregation, have we maybe bought into the idea that spirituality is one box and intellect is another? And, and since they're each a box, we can only be in one. Certainly we can only be in one at a time. And when we have that uncomfortable feeling that we're being, somebody's scratching at the edge of the box, somebody's saying, you know, you don't have to be in there. there there's, there's other ways to categorize things. There's, there's more freedom than you realize. When we're feeling like they're saying, there are, there are two things here that you say are, are not compatible, but look at me, I've got both. When we feel that discomfort and that questioning, that's the gift. That's the person taking the lid off the box and saying, you know, Maybe there's some part of yourself that you have shut off too. The singer Tori Amos says, some of the most wonderful people are the ones who don't fit into boxes. And some of the most wonderful parts of ourselves are the ones that don't fit into boxes. And if we'll listen to that discomfort, then we can find a bigger, a bigger world, greater possibilities that call to us. So let's embrace those moments of discomfort, those offerings of possibility, because there are such wonderful places we can go. There's such beautiful places we can lead one another as we have been led by those who said to us, life is so much bigger than you know. Let's follow together and see where it goes.